Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that everyone and anyone is welcome to enjoy, but it's also a podcast that may not be welcomed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi. How are you doing? Y'all don't, y'all can't answer me. Right. I'm gonna We're keep, back. I'm gonna, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it. How are y'all doing today? Period. Take a pause. Three, you know what I'm saying? Two, because one. thank you for your response. Because I, I give a shit. Okay. I give a shit. So today we are going to be doing a case that was a listener requested episode. But first, let's talk about how we look today. So if you're on Period. Patreon, <laughs> if you're on Patreon, you can see us. So, you know, what the fuck? I am looking like money. <coughs> Pause. <coughs> I need to tell you what you look like. So Chris Kayla's <laughs> over here <laughs> looking like a Tyra Banks Barbie doll. Okay. Minus I take that as an insult. <laughs> no, what you need to take oh, is stomach. <laughs> Her stomach okay. is on fat, fat, and we love that, that. I'm obsessed <laughs> with the weight that Kayla has gained. You guys, I don't know if you know, but she's been gaining some weight over some time now, and it's absolutely what she wants, and I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I love to fat shame <laughs> yeah. her because I'm not shaming her at all. I'm like fat praising her. Mm-hmm. She looks great. She's wearing the Black True Crime crop top. Oh, you see it on our oh, Patreon. She has oh. one. Oh, I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post a picture because I can't get up and show you guys. But I will post a no, picture. You don't want to see her get up. <laughs> you don't want to see this gut hanging out the bottom of this crop top. I don't get that. We love. I that love her love. gut. Yeah, I'm embracing it. And Kristen looks like Cabbage Patch Kid met a baby kid. <laughs> You just mad because you ain't my daddy. Shut up. Oh my God. So yeah, that's a brief description. If you, if you can't picture it by what we just said, join our Patreon at any level and you'll be able to see this video. Yeah. Okay. So let's just get started with this case this week. I'm a little excited. This case has over 35 pictures and videos associated with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I do post all the pictures and stuff on our blackchucrime.com website. I can't do it all on Instagram, obviously, because they only let me do 10. But if you just want to see all of them in real time, just join our Patreon, bitch, because I put them all in this video. So, mm-hmm. And y'all going to mm-hmm. see somebody in here is kind of fine. Oh. I don't know if he's the antagonist yet. I don't know. Hopefully not. But he kind of fine. I'm honestly dreading figuring out who the fuck she's talking about because I think I, because I think I do know and it's the bad guy. So let's just Uh-oh. get started. Well, I think we all know bad guys can be fine. That's yeah, no but like, but like fuck truth them. here. Uh, yeah, at the same time, f him, but he's handsome. So anyway, <laughs> let's proceed. Let's proceed. Oh. Mind you guys, we are sipping on a little something today. I have a brewski. Okay, Kristen they're not paying me to let them know to let y'all know what, what it is. Per. But it's a brewski. And I'm, I'm drinking a little bit of red wine. Mm, and my lips are getting stained, so I want to hurry up and get some. Period. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Okay, let's actually start. In 2008, a man felt that he was wronged by an agency he loved and trusted. He fought against this perceived injustice, and though he fought as hard as he could, it wasn't enough. Fast forward five years, that same man would incite a nine-day manhunt in the Los Angeles area while committing unspeakable acts against the agency he once loved. Join us as we discuss the horribly, heartlessly heinous crimes of Christopher Dorner. Thank you to listener Xavier for requesting this case. Thank you, Xavier. Thank you. 
So Christopher Joshua Dorner was born on June 4th, 1979 in the state of New York. Kristen, do you have any information for us about what may have happened in black history on that day? Okay. So I didn't find anything exactly on the day, but I did find something that happened a couple of months after Christopher was born in 1979, specifically on August 2nd. This is kind of fun, guys. So I don't know if anybody knows of the Sugar Hill Gang. Probably not because we're probably all millennials. But if you're not, the <laughs> Sugar you're not, Hill holler at you. First of all, holler at if you're not, girl. if you're not a millennial, embrace it. Okay, continue. Yeah, because you're probably better off. Um, <laughs> emotionally, spiritually wise, that's happening. everything. Anyway, the Sugar Hill Gang records a 15 minute long pioneering hip hop classic called Rapper's Delight. 15 minute long classic <laughs> called Rapper's Delight. The first stanza of the song becomes a famous ditty bop that inhabits the minds of those who hear it. So listen to it. I said a hip hop, a hippie to the hippie to the hip hop. You don't stop to the rocket to the bang boogie. Say up. <laughs> I lost it. Okay. The rockin' to the bang bang boogie, say up jumps the boogie to the rhythm of the boogity beat. Period. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why was that so much fun? That was everything I ever needed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing the sugar hill gang record that and we all know that song the hip hop the hip is the hip to the hip hop yeah i never knew that yeah something like that kangaroo jack or something but i never knew it was by sugar hill gang so they actually recorded that it was a 15 minute long hip-hop classic which we all know that's not common Mm-mm. I don't know if that means a 15 minute long song or whatever, but if yeah. that's a 15 minute long song, I wouldn't have stuck around. I'm not, I'm not, say. I'm not doing that. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, so that happened t- two, three months after old boy um, was born. So that's in awesome. 1979. 1979. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Isn't well, it? Okay. Thank you for that piece of yeah. black history, Pooh. A fun one. You know, that one, I, uh, uh, get it, like, I know. Yeah, I like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Christopher Dorner was born in New York State, June 4th, 1979, but he soon moved to Los Angeles with his mother, where he would spend the majority of his childhood. He lived in a middle-class family neighborhood with mostly white neighbors and classmates. He went to Norwalk Norwalk Christian School from first to seventh grade, and he would later say that he experienced a lot of racism racism from his peers here. He would get beat up after school often, and he felt that these attacks were always racially motivated, being that he was the only black student at the school. So, yeah, probably around this time, I could see it. He was also disciplined for these fights, which... Probably was racism on behalf of the school. Because if a guy is being attacked constantly by people, why the fuck should he be in trouble? Right. Why didn't you stick Mm. up for him? Exactly. Chris knew at an early age that he wanted to be a police officer and as a teenager joined a youth program offered by the police department in La Palma. He graduated from Cypress High School in 1997, where he played football and was known for being like a woe is me type of guy. Mm. So, and yeah, and like a video that I watched, an old friend of his was being interviewed and the old friend said that he would always accuse the coaches of like being racist when they would do something that he didn't like or say something that he didn't like. So already we're kind of seeing like a narcissistic type of personality blame everyone but me you know type of attitude and it sucks because it's like he's using like a real life situation that he probably is going through in certain parts of his life but he's like expanding on that to every situation that he feels like he's being wrong and i feel like he's not the only one who does it honestly i personally take situations like that and say okay this is gonna build me to being stronger Mm -hmm. period not Not everyone can do that yeah Mm. and i understand it i understand it right chris went to southern utah university and graduated in 2001 majoring in political science and minoring in psychology 
aka the two worst majors you could ever major in. <laughs> Coming from a psychology major. Like, why? Well, I just think political science mixed with psychology just automatically makes me think like, bitch, you're trying to manipulate me and I don't fuck with you. Mm. You know, <laughs> that's just how automatically I feel. Mm. He played he played football at the school for two years. And in the six games he played, he only played six games. And he was a. <laughs> I just had to say that. I was like, mm. <laughs> so he played for two years, only played in six games. And he was a running back in those games. And he only rushed 36 yards and 10 carries. Now, if you know anything about football, that's pathetic. It's pathetic. So I'm shocked though he's a big boy. Why wouldn't yeah. they put him on the D line? Seeing Why him, as a, him as a back, running he's, back, he's maybe he was smaller in college, but even the college picture that I I'm presenting to you guys on this Patreon episode, um, he looks kind of too big to be a running back. That's for yeah. sure. He looks hefty, but even, hefty. But even with Jaquavius, well, no, that's not his name. Who was it that we knew? Jaquez? Yeah, Jaquez. Jaquez was a big running back. This yeah, is a guy right. that we know that we used to go Behead. to high school with. All mm-hmm. of that. I think he's so I think he plays uh football for who? Like Florida State or some somebody he plays football for. He's kinda like He you know. no, he's out of college by now, sis. I think he plays pro. I think he plays for the Tampa Bucks. Oh. No sure. fucking way. There's no way he plays for the Let's Tampa Bucks. Let's look it up. Yeah, look it up. Jaquez Patrick. I'll keep going while you do that. Okay. So oh, my God. I found him. him. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was quick. He plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, so he went pro. Nice. Good for him. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll include a picture. Kristen, <laughs> send it to me. <laughs> I'm not trying to gas him up. I was a Kristen used to date his brother and yeah, toxic relationship. Want- Just a hot mess story time if you want it messages because yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a lot has happened in our lives that i feel like people would actually want to fucking hear right but you would have to bait us to tell you absolutely also you don't have to bait me i will just tell you <laughs> <laughs> just give her some wine she'll open oh. up oh, oh, oh i'll tell you everything so Fresh out of college, Christopher joined the Navy Reserve. And during his first year, he and a friend happened upon a bag with $8,000 in it. How? Which is, I don't... How? Kristen, why does all the cool shit happen to everybody else? I was when it comes say, to money? it sounds like, like a miracle at this point. The Lord would never give me that opportunity because he knew I wouldn't turn it in. I would fucking keep it. <laughs> <laughs> but what did Chris do when he got the money? He decided to give it to the authorities, stating that, quote, it's an integrity thing. The military stresses integrity. Period. Fuck off. He if also said that. Tell you, let somebody else tell you that. It's an integrity mm. thing. Mm. My ass. My ass. Okay. Mm. He, yeah. He also said that his mother taught him the importance of honesty and integrity. I don't have any plans of explaining my reaction to that, so just keep moving, boo. <laughs> I can see your face. Keep moving. <laughs> In 2005, Chris joined the Los Angeles Police Department and completed his police academy training in 2006. After barely being on the force for a year, Chris ran into some trouble. Mm. On on July 28th, 2007, Chris and his training officer, Officer Teresa Evans, were called to the Doubletree Hotel in San Pedro in regards to a disturbance created by a mentally ill man named Christopher Gettler. So two weeks after the call, Officer Evans submitted a performance review about Chris, stating that he needed to improve in three areas. The very next day, Chris filed a report against Evans claiming that she used excessive force in her treatment of the patient Christopher Gettler. Chris accused Evans of kicking the man in the face twice while he was handcuffed and lying on the ground. I believe it. You believe that she did it? Yeah. I feel you can lie on people right easy. But if we're thinking about the dude who just turned in a bag of Mm $8,000 money... And mm-hmm. then he tells somebody that this is what she did. I will believe him. Mm, I can see why you would think that. But he also only snitched on her after she uh, 
submitted a performance True. review on him, you know? True. So what was the three areas art. that he needed to improve in? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how their reform their performance reviews are categorized, right. but I guess three er- three areas was three too many for him. <laughs> well, maybe he felt like I'm not gonna be a snitch if she holds me down. Once he she snitched on him, okay, loyalty's out the window. I'm snitching. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so both of them are wrong. Yeah. That's all I just needed. Both of them are wrong. <laughs> you <Correct>. know. <laughs> if it really happened. Mm-hmm. An an investigation was open regarding the claims and the internal review board heard testimony from several witnesses, one being Richard Gettler, who was Christopher Gettler's father. He testified that his son had come home after his arrest with a puffy face. Richard asked his son what happened and Chris said that he'd been kicked in the face by a police officer. But Richard decided not to report the incident because Chris couldn't further explain the circumstances around him getting kicked in the face so he asked the son like you know why did this happen what happened and then he didn't really elaborate i guess so he was just like okay whatever fuck this christopher himself claimed that he'd been kicked in the face by a female officer who was almost black with dark hair and officer evans was white (laughs) with blonde hair so it was really kind of just like where do we go from here and you know when it comes to mentally mentally ill people being witnesses and stuff it's just very difficult because you don't really know where to draw the line as far as them being reliable or not which sucks because their whole experience could be thrown out the window because they don't know how to explain what just happened to them exactly christopher's father felt that his schizophrenic son was not capable of being a reliable witness and it seems that the court agreed with them because they decided to dismiss the case completely Chris tried to appeal the decision multiple times, but to no avail. His final appeal was denied in 2011. During his court proceedings, he was represented by a man named Randall Kwan, who was a former L.A. police captain at the time. Remember that name because it's going to be important in the future. And this is Chris, Christopher Dorner or Christopher Gettler? Correct. Sorry. Gettler is not. We're not going to talk about Gettler anymore. This is just Chris Dorner. Okay. Chris Chris claimed that his racist colleagues in the LAPD were working to discredit him and ultimately ruin his career. As a result of this situation, Chris Dorner was fired from the LAPD on September 4th, 2008. So he was literally only in there for like, you know, maybe little over a year and his ass got fired. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't going to take that shit laying down. Yeah. The little the, the little that we know about him is he is definitely capable of manipulating people into being like, uh, I'm the victim. Uh. But so also, he, like, he's not going to keep quiet about something that probably actually happened. Like, yeah, you can tell he's somebody who probably wants to claim that he's full of integrity and stuff mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. probably uses the part of him that wants to say, woe is me to fuel mm-hmm. that part of him. But I don't think he was lying. Like I say again, I think she did it. I feel like I that's think a she fair that boy. I feel like that's a fair thing for you to th- feel and think. But also for me, knowing the whole entire case and just how he is, I just know he's very manipulative, and it's mm-hmm. just hard to believe anything that he says, honestly. Because if he does something wrong, it's somebody else's fault, type of thing, you mm-hmm. know. And it's just I don't, I don't fucking like that. He went on to appeal his decision, and in two thousand ten, or this decision, him being fired from the LAPD and in 2010 judge David Yaffe decided to uphold the LAPD's decision to fire him this naturally infuriated him but he wasn't about to give up just yet he decided to file a writ of mandamus don't ask me don't ask me a writ of mandamus with the Los Angeles there you go with the Los Angeles Superior Court who also ruled to uphold the LAPD's decision. He then appealed to the California Court of Appeal for the second appellate district, who too ruled against him. Wow. He's just a fucking loser in every sense of the word right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Side note, a writ of mandamus is an order from a court to a lower government official ordering Mm -hmm. that that government official properly fulfill their official duties. So, so I guess he was basically set writing to the LA Supreme Court that like 
the lower courts aren't doing what the fuck they need to do. I need you guys to force them to. And right. then they said, they said, mm, no, we think that they are doing what they're supposed to do and we're going to uphold their decision. What I will say is you don't find a lot of black people willing to rely on the courts to actually like <laughs> instill justice you know yeah. like he's the one who's filing these things like he's yeah. doing this out of his own volition that takes like he must really feel like he's been wrong like he's yeah. fully indignified and he's going to the courts mm-hmm. to right this wrong well without going no. in, <laughs> without going into too much like separate detail chris was like that like in some of the you know documentary videos that i've watched people that knew him were like you know even if he was wrong or right you wouldn't really know because of how convicted he felt about literally everything that happened to him (laughs) you know like you know his his coach says some off shit he oh he's fucking racist like this is a problem i need to do something about it he's talked his he had talked to his principal about some issues he was just doing a, a lot and i understand if it's true racism like you know stand up for yourself completely i get it but sometimes you know, pick your battles type of situation. Mm-hmm. Like, tone it back. Yeah. And during all of this, all his, like, court shit and all that type of stuff, his personal life was getting fucked up, too. An ex-girlfriend from around this time named Ariana Williams left a warning on a website called don'tdatehimgirl.com after they Stop. broke up. I need to go on it. <laughs> you have to, because actually, you have to visit it right now. Because when I saw that, I was like, bitch, I need to add like 17,000 people to that list. I'm cracking up. (laughs) So she went on that website warning other women to stay away from him because of, quote, the fluctuation of his behavior, the swinging from the highs into the lows, end quote. Mm. So he was just going through a lot of different things and his mood was changing. And I'm not sure if he was violent. She didn't mention that, but he could have been. Apparently, he was also married to a woman named April Carter at some time in his life, but it was very short-lived. So at this point, it's 2011. Chris had spent probably most of his time fighting the LAPD for the past three years, and the only thing he has left is his position as a lieutenant in the Navy Reserve. So he's, in the last 12 years of being in the you know Navy Reserve, he's, he's made some headway. You know, mm-hmm. accomplish some things but on february 1st 2013 chris was honorably discharged <laughs> dang what did he do now i think it may have been because of his situation with the lapd you know i'm sure at this point it's kind of maybe in the papers people are finding out about it he's talking to people about his legal battles and stuff like that so i just think they were like let's just wipe our hands clean and let him go about his business you said honorably discharged or dishonorably? Honorably. Okay. Honorably. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. they're like, we're just ready to be done with him. We're not going to yeah. like ruin his character. He's already right, doing right, that. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need our help. We're ready for him to go. <laughs> yes. Or maybe he wanted to get out. Who knows? Either way, two days later, Chris would start his reign of terror on the city of Los Angeles and the surrounding areas. Uh-oh. Are you tired of working your nine to five? Are you sick of seeing so many other people on social media flaunting their on the go lifestyle while you're still clocking in and out every day? So was I. And I was so glad when I found the digital product school. It's a course that shows you step by step how to make money online by selling digital products that you can create or buy and resell as your own. Since I bought it, it has honestly changed the way I think about financial freedom and the life I can really live outside of the corporate America rat race my ass was in before. Whether you're a beginner entrepreneur or hella experienced, you will benefit from this course. And if you use our code BTC10, you can get $10 off the course. That means depending on which course package you choose, you'll either pay $9 or $19. It's like, are you, are you kidding me? So yeah, go get that course right now at digitalproductschool.gumroad.com. And if you're not yet ready to purchase the course, there's a free ebook for you to download to get an idea of what you'll be in for. Again, go to digitalproductschool.gumroad.com and use our code BTC10 to get $10 off your order. Okay, now back to the episode. 
On February 3rd, 2013, 28-year-old Monica Kwan and her 27-year-old fiancé Keith Lawrence were hanging out in her car parked in a parking garage in Irvine, California. And me and Terrell were just in Irvine like this weekend, which is pretty crazy. The couple was ambushed out of nowhere by Chris Dorner and shot multiple times in their car. They both died from their injuries. No. Monica, I know. Monica was an assistant women's basketball coach at Cal State Fullerton, and Keith was a campus police officer at the University of South Carolina. The newly engaged couple met while playing basketball at Concordia University in Irvine, California. AKA, they are loving basketball. AKA, why were you bothered by them? They didn't do anything to you. Thank you. And at this Police- point, you're fat. You're oh! clearly depressed. Not in a bad way, guys. Like, we love fat people. But at the same time, it's like, you can tell when somebody is spiraling. And things yeah. are consequences of that. And you can tell he mm-hmm. lost himself. Yeah. He wasn't he let taking himself care of himself. Go. Yeah. For he sure, looks for sick. Sure. Yeah. All of that. I agree with that. Yo say you're just fat. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, bitch. Whoa. I came out so wrong. I love me a fluffy gal. I love me a fluffy I love gal. me a fluffy guy, period. But mm. when you can tell when somebody's letting themselves go because of things. Yeah. And he has yeah. let himself go. Yeah. Also fuck him in every way. Police were quickly able to find out about a post Chris posted on Facebook. Specifically warning Randall Kwan, remember, the guy that represented him in some of his court cases against uh, LAPD. He was specifically warning Randall that there would be deadly consequences for him and his family. He was later seen on surveillance trying to get rid of the murder weapons. Yeah. And from this moment on, Chris would be on the run. But first he decided to release a 15-page manifesto on Facebook. Because where else do you post a manifesto? <laughs> you have to post it on Facebook, Kayla. Otherwise, no <laughs> one will see it. <laughs> exactly. So this manifesto detailed all his gripes and grievances about how the LAPD had been treating him over the past five years or so. And it started like this. I'm just going to read a small part of it. That bitch is 15 pages long. I don't have the time. (laughs) (laughs) So here it goes. I know most of you who personally know me are in disbelief to hear from media reports that I am suspected of committing such horrendous murders and have taken drastic and shocking actions in the last couple of days. You are saying to yourself that this is completely out of character of the man who who of the man you knew who always wore a smile wherever he was seen. I know I will be vilified by the LAPD and the media. Unfortunately, this is a necessary evil that I do not enjoy, but must partake in and complete for substantial change to occur within the LAPD and to reclaim my name. The department was not changed, has not changed since the Rampart and Rodney King days. It has gotten worse. The The consent decree should never have been lifted. Whatever the fuck that means. The only thing that has evolved from the consent decree is those officers involved in the Rampart scandal and Rodney King incidents have since promoted, has since been promoted to supervisor, commanders, and command staff and executive positions. So the question is, what would you do to clear your name? Mm. Wow. Isn't that Whoa. kind of fucking crazy? Absolutely. But it's like... <sighs> Nobody asked you to kill people that you had no business killing. But like mm-hmm. the emotion behind it, I completely understand. Yeah. The yeah, actions, yeah, sure. I completely disagree with. Completely. But the mo- emotion, I'm like, this is a dude who's pissed. Like he's mm-hmm. like, I've tried to go the right way. What do I do now? I messed yeah. some stuff up, which is just horrible. The, the thing is, it's like the LAPD only treated him terribly because he could not handle a, a, performance review that he didn't like like that's really Mm. where it all started even if officer evans did what she did to you know christopher getler or whatever the case may have been you should have said something before she put in a performance review if it was that big a thing you know what i'm saying 
So I feel like the corruption is within him. He is a fucking hypocrite. And because it didn't go the way that he wanted to, as a black man, he brings up Rodney King and, you know, this other shit. Like, that shit pisses me the fuck off, honestly, because the Rodney King situation is completely different from what he is going through with the LAPD. Go off! Like, it's very disrespectful for him to be doing what the fuck he's doing. In the name of Rodney King, bitch, I should slap the shit out of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't fucking do that. Agreed. Agreed. So Period. Kayla went off. She needed to. She had to. <laughs> that should um, be Side note. A consent mm-hmm. decree Thank is you? an agreement. <laughs> a consent decree is an agreement between involved parties submitted in writing to a court. Okay. So once the um the judge approve approves this consent decree, it becomes mm-hmm. legally binding. Okay. And he's saying that that consent decree regarding the Roddy King situation was lifted. Meaning that what? Meaning the only thing that came of it was the people who are a part of it end up becoming appointed to leadership positions. Okay. Okay. So he's just like, you know, this is fucked. Right. Which it is it is fucked. But bitch, don't compare your little snitching ass to the Rodney King situation. Right. And don't kill people because of it. That had nothing to do with it. And then you killed your own kind. One of the Keith looks black. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, you're killing minorities. You're not even killing the people that are so-called, like, hurting and offending you if this is a racist thing. You're killing minorities. Don't yeah. do that. I mean, he's he's fighting the institution. So he doesn't really care if you... And the reason why he killed Keith was because he was with Monica Kwan. And Monica Kwan was the daughter of Randall Kwan, the person that represented mm. him. So he, that's why he said, remember when he said, oh, your family will suffer and stuff like that? That's, okay. you know, what he meant. I should have said that. that. I thought I said that, but yeah. No, I mean, I thought you said that too, but actually mm-hmm. I didn't hear you say that, but it's fine. <laughs> okay. I listen like 85% of the time. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> So he went on to note how upset he was that no action was taken against Officer Evans for her excessive force and demanded that the force publicly apologize like to him and admit that the only reason he was fired was because he reported injustice. Mm. Like, fuck. Okay. Don't even get me started. That's an ego. I'm really actually getting pissed off. I'm getting upset with that. Like, how fucking dare you do you think that you deserve so much? Bitch, no. And we all know that um, cops cover each other's asses. So did you expect, you know what I'm saying? Like, did you, what what were you expecting so much? I just don't, I can't pick up what he's pitting down right now. I just can't. Mm -hmm. He also ranted about how he had more integrity than essentially the entire LAPD. He cited examples of racism within the within the force and even admitted that he'd once been suspended for firing his weapon unlawfully. Okay, so, so he has a he has a history of being like, how off the wall. Say, I've been suspended of firing my weapon unlawfully. Yes. Okay, so you didn't do it lawfully. Yes, I think it was what I read, it was very vague, but it was like he wasn't on duty. But he like fired his weapon in a situation or some shit like that. And he'd gotten like a suspension for it. And he felt like because other people were suspended for worse things and they fought it, he felt like they didn't have as much integrity as him. Like he's like, oh, I took my suspension on the chin like a champ. But other people be fighting their defense or their suspension. So what does that mean about them? They ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? But you get fired and then be fighting that bitch like hella hard. He's just all over the place. I don't think he really understands the definition of integrity, to be honest. I think he wants an antagonist in his life, and he's constantly has to be the protagonist. Like, I mm-hmm. have to be the person that everybody's coming for because, like, I'm the good guy. Everybody's going to come for me because I'm the good guy. But it's like, yeah. dude, yeah. Like, take some accountability here. Right. 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 He named some of his personal heroes. In this manifesto, he was just like ranting and doing a fucking lot on this manifesto, trust. So he named some of his personal heroes as Pierce Morgan, the fucking worst, probably UK British person ever. Don't fucking email me. He named, (laughs) (laughs) he named Ellen DeGeneres, 
Mm. Larry David, for fuck's sake. Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, Anthony Bourdain, and he's that celebrity chef that recently committed suicide. Wow. He also declared that Charlie Sheen was, quote, fucking awesome. Mm. Mm Mm-mm. And he praised (laughs) Bourdain. But he did praise Barack Obama and Joe Joe Biden and the First Lady, saying, quote, off the record, I love your new bangs, Miss Obama. Mm. Like, period. I like, right, because she's only, fly. Like, that's the only thing. That bitch is fly. And he expressed <laughs> his regret about not being around to enjoy the Hangover 3 movie. Because I guess that was coming out at the time. <laughs> so... <laughs> he so is an American is what it, we're hearing. Oh, Kristen, from <laughs> from the tip to the top. Like mm-hmm. I really feel like I really feel like he um he knew already that he wasn't gonna be alive. Like he really was just like, I'm gonna fuck this up <laughs> enough mm-hmm. to not be around at all. Yeah. For sure. But in the pages, yeah, he was rambling and stuff, but he was also threatening mad people. He was sending threats to former and current police officers and their families. So much so that law enforcement had around 50 families in protective custody at this time. Wow. Isn't that insane? Absolutely. Like he was inside, like he was inside y'all's thing and he Mm -hmm. knows about y'all. He probably knows where some of y'all live. All of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So That's they scary. were really, really fucking nervous about this whole situation. And as we know, when you post stuff on the fucking Internet, it's the perfect place to attract shitty human beings that will support you. And mm-hmm. <laughs> this this situation was no different. Hashtags on Twitter and Facebook started popping up in support of Chris. There were hashtags like hashtag we are Chris Dorner. Hashtag we stand with Dorner. Hashtag can't corner the Dorner. I like that one. And hashtag, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I liked it too. It was catchy. That one was Loki. <laughs> I, I wish Loki. I wish my name rhymed with corner because <laughs> that one right there is one for the books. And quote or and hashtag go Chris go. There was even a Facebook page created called Chris Dorner for President. Goodbye. Yeah, he's a murderous fucking freak. And I can't everyone, stand su- people, people are sometimes. <sighs> the internet is a dark place. But there's a lot of people who are like, woe is me too. True. A lot of people who are trying to find someone who is like out of the ordinary, out of the box, doing some stuff that they wish they were doing to support. Yeah, for sure. Just sad. Mm-hmm. So at this point, police from all surrounding counties are looking for Chris Dorner. They've rented billboards to put his information on. So they have like a billboard. I'm going to include a picture that says gray Nissan Titan. <laughs> and it has like his license plate on it. And that's what he was driving. The mayor also signed off on a $1 million reward. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. For any information leading to the arrest of Chris. And yeah. So basically they're doing everything that they fucking can to get this man off the street. On Wednesday, February 6th, a man matching Chris's description was seen trying to steal a boat from a, from a marina in San Diego at around 10.30 p.m. He tied up an 81-year-old man on the boat, but he didn't hurt him. Mm-hmm. He just, yeah, he just left him there after the boat wouldn't start. The next day, two police officers were injured during a shootout in Corona, California with Chris. The cops were protecting a person named in Chris's manifesto at the time of the shootout. Chris was able to escape, presumably unharmed. Unfortunately. Then y'all didn't do the shootout right. (laughs) I felt that. (laughs) On the same day, shortly after the Corona shootout, Chris ambushed two Riverside police officers who were in their car, stopped at a red light. He opened fire on them, killing 34-year-old father of two, Michael Crane. No. And critically injuring his partner. Yeah. Oh, come on. Isn't that sad? Like, you're just doing your fucking job, sitting at a stoplight, and then you get pulled the fuck up on and shot like, at. That's that's just like what happened with, uh, what's that nigga name? 
sorry, excuse you, excuse me, y'all. <laughs> What's that man's name? Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. That's what happened with him. He just mm. pulled up on some people at a stop at a red light and pop, 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 kill two of them. It's- I don't care, cop or not. It's not right. I don't no. care how much hate cops or some of them may direct toward us. It's not cool to kill them back. Like y'all, it's just not cool. It's not going to make you feel better in the long run. Maybe in the short term, but not the long run. If you're a sick fuck, maybe it'll feel you, make you feel better. <laughs> that part. <laughs> if you're a vengeful motherfucker. <laughs> Little shit. <laughs> so around this time is when Chris sent a package to CNN news anchor Anderson Cooper with a post-it oh. note saying, quote, I never lied. The post-it note was attached to a DVD, and the DVD included a LAPD commemorative coin wrapped with duct tape and inscribed with the quote, thanks but no thanks, Will Bratton. And if that doesn't make any fucking sense to anybody that <laughs> born after 1990, but I think this was a reference to the former LAP- LAPD chief. Mm. Yeah. And then the coin was shot through with like mad bullets. Okay, so it was a videotape though there too, right? Yeah, the video. So the the coin was stuck to the DVD, mm-hmm. and it had like duct tape wrapped, and it had that little hole or whatever the fuck. So after these blatant attacks, police everywhere were on high alert at this point. Like I don't know why. Yeah, I saw your face, Krista. I don't know why he sent what he sent to like, the what is he doing? CNN. He just wants to be known. He wants as much exposure as possible he wants everyone yeah. to know they're they they did me wrong me you know like uh-huh. like a little fucking shit yeah the police were on high alert <laughs> and mm. like super super high alert to where they were starting to make mistakes Uh-oh. around 5 15 on thursday february 7th police officers guarding another named target in Torrance, California, opened fire on a truck that they'd mistaken as Chris's truck. They fired around 100 shots. Yes. At this blue Toyota pickup. Hello, it's fucking gray. Stupid. But they fired it at this blue pickup that had 42-year-old Margie Carranza and her 71-year-old mother, Emma Hernandez, in it. Emma was shot and Margie suffered injuries from flying glass, but both women survived. Thank God. Thank God. You stupid, right? stupids. Did you even like, check to see who was in the car before you opened fired? Like, but this is like the you thing, see like, two women in the car. Are you stupid? Like, we hold y'all to a higher standard because you're supposed to have a higher standard. Like, you literally Correct. raise your hand and say an oath and then you do yeah. this dumb stuff. Like, I get it. You were looking for somebody, but relax. Right. Idiot. And you don't want anyone else to die. But it's also like, bitch, what if you kill someone because you're being, you know, trigger happy? When all you got to do is go on your little laptop, check to see, oh, that was a, a silver car with the license plate. This, this is a blue car. So let's not throw rounds at them. But you the know? thing is, Kristen, I, I won't even give them that fucking pass because everybody and their damn mother in the area knew what car he was driving. Like, There's just no excuse. There were billboards of this car and the license plate and what it looked like. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about? Then, so it, the then city, it definitely doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. The city of LA would eventually settle with the woman out of court for $4.2 million. Period. Plus... Make it five. 40, I'm sick of you. Plus $40,000 compensation for the truck that they shot the fuck up. All of that. So I'm, I'm happy that they got money for that. I will be furious. I would say make it five. What do you, what are you short terming? 4.2. No, make it five. I'm cracking up. Whoa, Give me a whole number two. just because I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say maybe it was 4.2. I was like, maybe it was five. Six maybe. Well, maybe they paid for their legal fees, too. And then after legal yeah. fees, it was 4.2. They got 4.2. Later that same day, a surfer named David Perdue was headed to the beach when Torrance police officers rammed his pickup truck and started shooting at him without warning. None of the bullets hit hit the guy, thank God, but he suffered head and spinal injuries and was awarded $1.8 million. <laughs> Make me a millionaire. Cause you right? might 
Like, make me a millionaire because you didn't do your due diligence. Because you're being lazy as shit pocket. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I get, I get it. They're really nervous and they're trying to keep as many people safe as possible because Chris has threatened, like, probably over 100 people. But it's just mm-hmm. like, come on, you can't put other people in danger. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And you don't start shooting unless someone shoots at you first. Like, I wholly believe if you're supposed to be protecting people, why are you shooting first and asking yeah. questions later? Question mark. All right. right. Cost, cost California some money. Cost them yep. some money. That's what they get. That's what they get. And I, I wish that they fire the fucking people they did it. That, right. You know, did or at it, least they suspended didn't. them. They didn't. They didn't. On February 9, 2013, the LAPD announced that they would reopen the disciplinary proceedings and reexamine the situation that led to Chris's firing, which makes no sense. Like, did they just do that to try to appease him? I was going to say you're giving him exactly what he wants because there's no way he's getting his job back after this. But the police chief at the time, Charlie Beck, did say, quote, I do this not to appease a murderer. I do it to reassure the public that their police department is transparent and fair in all things we do. Lies. You're not. Nobody's believing that. All things you do. Because if you were fair, you wouldn't be shooting up random cars, costing money and things like that. But I was about to say, they probably are experiencing a lot of like pressure from the public, all these hashtags and all this stuff. And then they're accidentally hurting, you know, people that had nothing to do with it. Yes. Yeah. That he probably did that to a piece of public. Definitely not Chris. I mean, for me, I'd personally just, I don't know. I would show, make it more accessible for the public to see, okay, this is what we did do. This is how the situation was. This is how many different Mm -hmm. courts he went to. This is the, the, you know, the evidence that we have. Because you just sit there and tell someone in a manifesto, oh, they fired me for no reason. That's what they're going to believe. But if you say, hey, this is the fucking reason, you don't have to go out there and seem like you're, appeasing a murderer because that's exactly what it seems like he's killed two cops already you know what i'm saying like get your shit together after police discovered chris's burnt up nissan truck because obviously he could see that there were billboards about his truck everywhere so he got rid of it they moved their search to the big bear lake area which is a ski resort about 80 miles east of la people like it up there because it's basically like all wilderness and you could just have your privacy and just you know live to yourself which worked for chris because chris ended up holding himself up in a condo out there where he was able to watch the whole manhunt go down for probably at least a day wow just mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. smiling right until the owners came home Mm-mm. Yeah. So James and Karen Reynolds, yeah, they went to go visit their house. It's usually vacant, but they decided to check on it because I think, you know, something was going on. They just decided to check on it. And they came there and he immediately tied them up. They said that he stayed for about five minutes and then stole their car and left. Karen said in an interview that he even told, kept telling them, like, I just want to clear my name. I just want to clear my name. That was just his goal. But it's like, you can't Clear your name by dirtying it up more with actual deaths. You wanted to clear your name because you accused somebody of doing something after they reported you for stuff that you were doing. You want to clear your name from that by committing several murders. This man is fucking not there. Like, he's just Mm -hmm. not there in the fucking head. But I know he got some people to wholeheartedly believe in him. Oh, for sure. I could walk out of my front door and find somebody in five minutes that would have <laughs> done the same thing that he done. Like, the world is fucked. Period. Chris has... <laughs> Karen was able to get free after he left with their car, and she alerted police at around 12.20 p.m. Police were on his ass quick because around 12.45, wardens from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife identified Chris traveling down California State Route 38. Chris responded by shooting at them mm-hmm. and the wardens then returned fire. Thankfully, Chris mm-hmm. was eventually pursued to a cabin where he continued his shootout with police. Two officers were shot and unfortunately one of them didn't make it. And hey, it he's was, a good shot. And it was family man, Jeremy Mackey or McKay. I don't know how to pronounce that. And he was only 35 years old. No. Mm just the jolliest giant you would ever see like can we just talk about how 
horrible these police officers are at shooting people. <laughs> like you, there are several of you with several guns shooting at one target, and, and none he of shot you hit it. Two of you, but he none shot two of you, of you hit and it. killed one. Yeah, sick of it. Pathetic. It absolutely is pathetic. <laughs> Wait, and then y'all shooting people's cars up, and you're not even hitting some folks. Thank God. But it's just right. like, what are you doing? Are you guys even practicing? I'm sick of no. it. But my, no. meanwhile, you got an actual murderer out here who can shoot bullets. Yeah. Shooting. Who's fucking y'all up, low-key? Like, let's be real. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm yeah, mad I'm because mad. Jeremiah McKay <laughs> just looked just as sweet as he wanted to be. With this Irish <laughs> right? get-up he had on. Like, I'm just over it. His just cute living girls. his life. You know, all he's trying to do is stop a murderer and you get shot. Just terrible. (sighs) So the showdown that was happening in the streets of Big Bear was broadcasted all over the country. Every media station in the area was trying to be on scene. It was so bad that the San Bernardino DA's office literally tweeted, Kristen, tweeted on Twitter, quote, the sheriff has asked all members of the press to stop tweeting immediately. It is hindering officer safety. Hashtag Dorner. Mm. Hashtag and Dorner. I'm like, they probably had to do that because the media was probably like, oh, okay. Because they had helicopters there and everything. Mm-hmm. If Dorner had access to a TV, he could see where all mm-hmm. <laughs> the police are positioned. He can see everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I understand why they were like, can you guys fucking not? Can you stop for, for like, like two seconds? Thanks. We live in the States. Like, we have freedom of speech. But can you just stop for two seconds? Can you just, like, fuck off and just until we get this shit under control? And they're like, no. <laughs> Police... <laughs> Police officers were using smoke bombs and anything else they could to get Dorner to come out of the cabin. But nothing was working. However, at 4.20 p.m., holler. The cabin at 40612 Seven Oaks Road was on fire, which then caused ammunition inside of the cabin to start exploding. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So in a short amount of time, the entire cabin was engulfed in flames and it literally turned to ash. He did. As authorities as authorities searched the rubble, they found the charred remains of Christopher Dorner with one single gunshot wound to the head. Oh, so somebody, so he probably killed himself. Yeah, he definitely killed himself. A wallet containing his driver's license was reported to be found with with his remains in the cabin. But strangely, I wanted to add this, there was another wallet with ID cards belonging to him that was found near the Mexican border on February 7th. So I thought that was pretty strange. Wait, pause, run that back? Mm-hmm. There were ID, much? right? There were ID cards belonging to Chris that were found near the Mexican border on February seventh. So, and I'm thinking because when he went to try to steal the boat from that 81 year old man, I'm thinking that he was trying to make it to Mexico mm-hmm. on that boat somehow. You know what I'm saying? And then he may have just had those IDs waiting for him, had somebody make them, whatever black market shit, and he just didn't make it to the border to get them. Mm. The car. Or- <laughs> Whoever was in that cabin was not Christopher Dorner. And Christopher Dorner maybe made it to Mexico. Oh, conspiracy theory. Love them sometimes. No, he's They're dead. <laughs> they they were well, able hopefully. to verify that it was him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the cause of the fire was the center of heavy speculation for a while. Investigative journalist Max Bl- Blumenthal suggested that the fire was deliberate and that the goal was to kill Chris or at the very least smoke him out. Radio communications from before and during the fire were recorded and go a little something like this. We're going to go ahead with the plan with the burner. The burner is deployed and we have a fire. Burn that fucking house down. Fucking burn this motherfucker. And then another statement was, because the fire is contained, I'm going to let that heat burn through the basement. So who's supposed to be saying this stuff? The police? Yeah, people. Yeah, police officers over the radio. 
So they weren't trying to save his life. They weren't trying to keep of the fire not. in control. Nothing like they that. Weren't they weren't trying to do their jobs. No. Oh, they fucking pissed me off. It's like, I wish they got so, I wish they got this mad when civilians are killed, you know, but when it's like one of them, they're like, oh, burn the city down. We need to find this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and then it's when it's one of them, they're willing to say, screw the law. The very thing we're here to uphold and protect. Screw it. Let's go and get what we want. That's not freaking fair. And as soon as somebody tries to stick up for you. Here you go, mm-hmm. breaking the freaking law. Like, mm-hmm. so then it's what an are incredible, we doing? it's an incredible abuse of power. Incredible Absolutely. abuse. A hundred percent. Granted, <sighs> if somebody came up in here and, and, and killed my daddy, oh, I'm doing anything and everything, but I'm not right. a cop. Right. Right. I don't have a, a oath that I took. I'm not that bound by something like that. I'm bound by the law, but that law can kiss my ass. Okay. But this. <laughs> so even though the recordings came out about what the You're cops are talking about, <laughs> I'm being real, okay? Keep it real here. But the sheriff, John McMahon of San Bernardino County, I live in San Bernardino County, you guys. It's kind of wild. Oh, wow. Said that his officers shot pyrotechnic tear gas into the cabin, which then caught fire. And that their goal was to drive Chris out of the cabin, not to set it on fire. Whatever. You still said burn that mother effer down. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you're doing a lot. I will I will say that. So like I mentioned earlier, the mayor, who was Antonio Villaregosa, I tried, announced a $1 million reward for information leading to Chris Dorna's capture. And it ended up going up to, I think, like one4 and because the fine print wasn't really specific, <laughs> a judge later had to decide how the reward would be split because it wasn't just one person's information that led to this capture. So ultimately, it was decided that the biggest portion of the money would go to James and Carol, Karen Reynolds, would go to James and Karen Reynolds. And that's the couple that was tied up in mm-hmm. Big Bear. And then I don't know who the two other people were, but they got a portion of it. So let's just really quickly talk about mental health. So we can't diagnose him, but let's hear from someone that did and can. I looked up someone on YouTube and he's a psychiatrist named Dr. Todd Grande. And he did a like a little analysis of Chris Dorner's mental health. He said that it would be reasonable to say that he was both paranoid and depressed. He had many symptoms of vulnerable narcissism, which is some symptoms are distrusting, resentful, always looking for an excuse to falsely mm-hmm. accuse somebody of something, and the anger that he held on to for five years. That is common in vulnerable narcissism. He also had antisocial traits, paranoia, and narcissism. In his opinion and in the situation is a dangerous combination because it can allow someone to build resentment for years and then act on it without the fear of dying. So in the doctor's opinion, in Chris's mind, it was either a hero's quest or something necessary to settle the score. Right. So it's like, this is the very last thing that I will do before I die. You know, this is like a 300 moment. Right. Like this is the, the end of me, but it's all worth it. Yep. Yep. And that's our case for this week. Wow. That wasn't that bad one. Thank yeah, God. I told you it wasn't going to be that bad. Yeah. I'm just kind of like mad because I'm like, I understand the emotion wholeheartedly, but the way he's going about it is just like, you sound like somebody with a small penis. Oh, like if we're being there you honest, go. hit him in the gut, <laughs> flush it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, for real, like you sound like somebody who didn't get enough no's in their lives mm-hmm, to be like mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna make that i'm gonna toughen up you know and let mm-hmm. it build my character mm-hmm. he thought he it was definitely, hot shit from the jump it definitely seems like he has a chode maybe for you know, sure this, and just wants to find me at all honestly <laughs> i'm about to say the the, the, the the circumference of his neck <laughs> and the, that ratio in response, in, in, in a ratio, whatever the fuck I you say it to his head, it immediately told me that the rest of his body is shaped that way. 
don't bring in the ratio. Just don't do that. <laughs> I just feel like I I feel like I've seen it to be honest. Like <laughs> no for real. <laughs> Thank you guys oh, for bearing yeah. with us. Thank you guys for listening to this case. Let us know what you guys thought about it. It was very very media heavy when all this stuff was going down. So, yeah, if you guys had an experience or if you remember something that may have happened or just anything like that, just share it with us. And you all opinions eat. welcome. Like, even if you agree mm-hmm. with what he was doing, why? Like, tell us why. Yeah. 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 Put it in perspective for us because I fucking don't. You can email us, comment under a post on Instagram, or just comment on our Patreon video. Under our Patreon Period. video. We will see you guys next time. Thank you so much. And yeah. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> you have a right to kill me. You have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me. <laughs>